All right, welcome back to the Dime Boxing with Delco podcast, episode 18. I am here, uh, your host, Alex Delco Rips, uh, joined by my co-host, Danny Dimes. Say what's up, Dimes. Oh, man, great episode here. Looking forward to this one. We got my boy, Nick SP Cards, in the building. Wanted to bring Nick on. He's been making some big purchases lately, especially of my guy, and he'll tell you about these. Nick, what's going on, brother? What's good, man? Uh, appreciate you guys having me on for a second uh, time around. Um, you know, glad to be on the pod, uh, chatting up with the boys. Um, you know, what do you guys want to get into tonight? I can, you know. So I think all three of us are going to be set up at the Fishtown Card Show uh, this coming Sunday. Big show uh, down at Rivers Casino in Philly. Uh, we set up at that show a bunch of times. Always ends up being a great show. It's a Sunday show. I believe it's what, probably like nine to three, maybe. I think that's yeah, right. Nine, I think nine might be the early entry, but yeah. Nine, nine to three, let's say. And yeah. um, it's a good time. That's on the second floor, free parking. You got to talk about the, the the cheap waters. That's your favorite thing. I was, you know what? I was going to skip that part of the routine. <laughs> but since you since you are bringing it up. It's a great bit you got is, going on the cheap water. Is that well, no, 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 you're incorrect. It's not cheap water. It's free, pal. Oh, that's right. It's free. Oh, yeah, I'm actually, free. I'm actually serving that up. Uh, and then, and then cheap food. That's what it is. It's like cheap and it's good cheap food. food. Free water, and it's free parking. That's the that's what the uh, the bit usually is. But the holy it's trinity. the truth. It is really the truth. Um, you know, it's a, it's a nice because of those reasons. I think that helps definitely a lot. Um, and then I also just signed up to be a vendor at the Brotherly Love Card Show. That'll be my third time setting up there. I snagged two tables for the boys. I'll probably nice. be with Nick, Joe, and Matt. Um, we'll see who else wants to set up. We could end up, maybe we'll end up getting three tables. Maybe we get, you know, Meatball, Koch, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan booked his table too, so I don't know. Oh, shoot. That, so, then yeah. we'll, so then they'll probably take that one and we'll just yep. have our two. But yeah, I mean, definitely excited for it. Um, but remind me when the exact date is it's uh June 23rd. So we still got some time, uh, but it's coming up quick. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. July 23rd. Ooh, I, I went almost a month early. Yeah. It's right. Right. It's the weekend before the national. So if anyone's going, um, great time to, to get some cash and, um, you know, sell some stuff and, and, and go to, go to the national with your, you know, pockets full, um, but that'll be that. But for this weekend, yeah, uh, Fishtown Show, always a great show. Uh, that local flavor, you know, kind of the original non-Philly show, like Philly card show. Um, and that that started after the pandemic. And it's where I met a lot of you guys, right? Like, I don't think we we all would have met in the same way without the Fishtown Show. So um, that's been awesome. And I feel like the Philly card community has really like emerged out of that show. Um, there really is no identity at the Philly show that's relevant to the area. You know, I didn't know that they were doing a June Philly show, but I think I saw something today said like June 8th, they are doing a June Philly show. I thought that the next one was going to be September, but that's nice to see because obviously that's always, always a sick show and it's right up our way. But you mentioned the national. Are you still, are you still stacking slabs for the national? I know you said you've been trying to stack some football. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of cut down on some buying recently, just kind of like, but I but I've sent out a ton of PSA stuff. I'm getting back 20 tomorrow. Um, and I have another 40 pending. So 
Um, definitely, uh, you know, I'm still looking to add bigger things where it makes sense for the national, like picked up a PSA 10 orange Jordan love. Um, I, I just that. posted this. I picked up a Devante Smith blue ice PSA 10. Like if I can get a good deal on cards and, and feel like there's margin there and feel like that, you know, it's going to be more liquid at the nationals and there's really no risk. Then I love making that play right now. I think it's, it, it, you know, you can get burned if you're unsure of what the value of something is but if you're sure of what the current rate is right now um and or it's been a month or two since the football cards comped like it's pretty easy to kind of mark your bet that things are going to go up a hair by the national so i've liked that and, that kind of play and the 16 dollars special and like it's coming out quick one thing i don't know if i mentioned that i think i have mentioned it but i, I keep seeing it happen again like it's still happening you send in like a 30 card order, that's going to finish a lot quicker than if you send in like a 90 card order, like mm. two or three weeks quicker, at least. And that's really interesting. Something else I noticed, sending to group subbers, like I send sometimes to KK sports cards. And I honestly, I'm not even trying to say this as a like criticism, it's just something I've noticed, like it takes like three months, whereas like it takes a month. And I've heard that that's not just for him, that's for all group submitters. And it's like, I think that that might be kind of a PSA play there to kind of make people become their own submitters because it gets more people to have the membership and like they don't have to give those guys those discount rates as much. Like I would assume if they're charging us 19 and PSA's price is 19, they're probably paying what, 17, maybe 18 if they want a really small margin. And then it's like, okay, so then P I wonder if that's like a purposeful move because it is like noticeably different and like it seems like they're favoring small orders a lot like i, wonder I bet if that's i just bet you're on to something there i bet you our perception of like how like much efficiency is in bulk subs is not as great as psa thinks it is like you know what i mean like i, I think they'd much rather get the hundred dollar fixed cost up front that's a great business model versus mm -hmm. a discounted you get a thousand cards mixed in an order like from KK sports cards every day. Like, I don't know that that's really, you know, uh, I think they'd rather like continuously make individuals happy rather than solve this huge issue, huge sub for one guy. Um, yeah. I think that I really think that that's the case now. I mean, the, the money is definitely, they're going to make a lot more money doing it the other way. And I think it does create some like loyalty too. Like, I think they think maybe somebody's less likely to go submit with a company they haven't paid for an account with. Like, Maybe they think it's the consumer thought that once you paid for a membership, you might like people who pay for a Costco membership, they don't want to really go shop at like Acme or Giant as much, right? Because they paid for this membership. Like if I'm grading cards, I'm, I might want to grade where I paid that hundred bucks. Like, I don't know. This is a little bit of a conspiracy, but I do think that the, the evidence backs that it doesn't up. sound Look, unlike like, that doesn't sound unlike you. Though. Yeah, <laughs> it's really uncharacteristic of me to make a conspiracy theory here. Yeah. But, <laughs> it, no wait. I want to go back to I want to go back to Nick because you asked me about my uh, my nationals purchase and like so Nick, what about like you got the Fishtown card show coming up? You got um you know you're probably thinking about you know the timing. I don't know if you're going to the national, but the timing of the national and football kind of season. So tell us some about uh, some of the plays that you've been making recently. Yeah, so like I I got to be honest, like last season, like the whole football like thing, like. I'm not a huge fan of carrying football in the season. I mean, obviously, like, a lot of people aren't. 
but I kind of like to do a lot of my football like towards the end of the football season and then sell like now and approaching the national. So I didn't really dabble that much in football like this off season. I mean, I got like a Jalen Hurts, true NT out of 99. Um, got that. It was like a BGS 8.5. Cracked it. Tried to get the nine. Um, didn't work out. <laughs> got the eight. But, uh, you know, I sold it for a, a slight profit. But that was kind of really like my main um, football play of like the, the season. Um, you know, I have like some Trevor Lawrence stuff I'm holding on to because I'm kind of bullish on him. Like, if you look at his schedule, uh, they have a very easy schedule very favorable schedule next year. Um, and like Vegas has met like 10 and a half wins. So I think they could get the over and I'm very bullish on his stuff. I think they could, you know, maybe make a run at like a first or second seed in the AFC, especially with Calvin Ridley coming back. So I'm kind of holding on to his stuff. Um, but right now I've been kind of really like looking at stuff that's going to be like long-term investments. And, you know, I'm not a, Big LeBron James fan, mm. but <laughs> I've been mm. picking up like some of his top's finest gold refractors recently. I just think those cards are like, you know, some big pieces going forward. And you know, I've, I've been looking at the comps on them. They've gotten beat up the last like two and a half years. Like some of the cards have been going for like thirteen to fifteen thousand. They're down to like four to five grand now. And mm. with the new product coming out of Top's Finest, I don't know when they're releasing that. I just think those are really good pieces to have once that product's out and collectors are starting to break it more. I think those cards over, over like a long period of time could get some value and, you know, get up maybe towards that eight to 10 grand, um, you know, where they were selling like two years ago. So that's sort of what I've been doing. Um, you know, I had to swallow the pride a little bit, not a big LeBron guy, but, um, you know, you, you got it. He's unbelievable. So you got it. You got to appreciate the greatness. He's I love that play well though right on now. the the top's finest stuff. I, I I I'm totally with you on that. I think I do think that like over time some of that stuff that's non-rookie as LeBron has kind of gone through his peaks and valleys of like popularity, it, that's the stuff that gets really hammered and unnecessarily so. And like you know, there's only so many you know numbered rookie cards that are actually coveted. So like the golds are right there next and. Um, yeah, I think people will pay big bucks in the future once LeBron's like true legacy is cemented. I mean, I couldn't imagine if he wins this year, I, I really do think it's going to be a little bit of a change in the hobby in terms of his perception, like kind of like, I don't know, like that last Brady ring where you see him do it again. And you're just like, man, this is the greatest guy I've ever seen. Like, you know, like you can just say that and, you know, he's never going to be Jordan. But I do think LeBron kind of, he like wears on people. It's been 20 years since today. Today, 20 years ago, the Cavs got the first pick. The draft was a few, a little bit later. But, you know, 20 years, he's been freaking dominating the NBA. Eventually, you got to be like, dang, I guess this guy's going to be doing it forever, you know? Yeah. And like, and I was even, before I was kind of picking these up, I was looking at like some old, like, you know, um, Jordan, like, refractors, like, skybox stuff. And, like, some of, like, the old, like, 1998s, like, just some of those old, cool, like, you know, low-numbered refractors. And, like, the comps of those are just, like, they're, they're selling – some of those refractors are selling for, like, $30,000. I mean, granted, you know, it's kind of extreme to say these LeBron refractors get that, to get to that value. But 
if I can get a fraction of that and get eight to 10 K for these cards, you know, maybe I can make a couple thousand. That was kind of the play there. Um, you know, I'm just going to hold on to him. And I mean, it's, I mean, he's in the Western conference finals, so we'll see what he has to do with that. And, you know, there could be some upside if he makes the NBA finals too. And here's another thing, like when guys win championships, it's either the championship is priced in or it's not like, I feel like Mahomes stuff, didn't go up that much. I mean, it has gone up. I think it would have gone up a lot more if it wasn't already priced in. Like you see guys, prices go down. Josh Allen, a championship going into this year was priced in. They had a disappointing playoff exit. His stuff has plummeted. Like oh, people were starting to price some things in with Luka. No one expected this with LeBron. His stuff's been going down. And part of the reason is people thought halfway through the year, you know, they wouldn't be a playoff team until right before the playoffs. They weren't a playoff team. Now they're in the conference finals. I'm surprised his stuff hasn't started to move up yet. I think a lot of the reason is people are auctioning it. A lot of people are trying to now find a good time to get out. But like this championship is not priced in for LeBron. I don't think the Lakers have enough in the tank to get it done. But if they do get it done, his stuff is going to explode because it's not priced in. And, it, and another, it's interesting you say that because it's a very good point you bring up. When I was doing, like, you know, my due diligence and scrolling through eBay and a lot of this stuff, I noticed just how much LeBron mm-hmm. stuff was on auction. The last, oh. like, two to three weeks, it was an obscene amount of stuff. And there comes a time where, like, the supply isn't going to outdo the demand. So, I mean, you know, granted, they always say, like, don't buy during the playoff fight. Don't buy in. But I think at some point, that's overstretched. Like, people always, you know, the mantra is sell during the playoffs, like, and buy in the offseason. At some point, I think that, like, that is starting to correct itself a little bit. I don't know, maybe just an outlier. But I saw so much supply of LeBron stuff on eBay, PWCC. Like, I'm seeing so much of it out there. I just don't think there's enough buyers to hold those comps. So at some point, like, I feel like that whole mantra might kind of be like dissolving in the markets. I know. I, I agree with that. I think, I, I think a lot of it is like right away people try to sell and then you see things go like when Brady won that seventh Super Bowl, it was a little bit after that when you really saw the insane spike, it was like November, December of the next season when he came out four and oh, and it was like everyone who wanted to auction after a ring already had. And like now it, it, it was interesting. His stuff really shot up then, it felt like, like the patches and the more rare stuff. And, and that could happen with a guy like LeBron, where people sell right away. And then, like, if he starts well next year, people are like, whoa, he could go get a six, and then things get really interesting. He's also not, like, he hasn't reached where he's fashionable as a safe play just yet. Like, he, mm. it, when you're talking about what safe plays in basketball, like, you're going to old dudes, you know, like, you're blowing right past the era of LeBron stuff and go into the nineties um, to that, to those two guys. And I do, you know, it's going to time moves on and LeBron, I, I think he's always been safe at this point, but I do, I think kind of like uh, there's two different types of investors, like, you know, in, in sports cars or there's many different types, but easy buckets are like long-term and short-term. And I feel like the long-term people they're kind of like they're buying Mickey Mantles and, 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 you know, they might be kind of doing Kobe. Uh, they're buying MJ. Like they might stack some LeBron, but to them, LeBron's still up and down. Cause he's playing like he still has. Su- 
And I think like as he settles, that's actually good for his market of just like understanding and just being like everyone can settle in, like all the long-term investors can be like, he's done. Like he did it. You know what I mean? Like an actual ending on a career, I think can have some like positive effect to your card market. And then one more point um, is like, I just think we could see a very, very iconic moment when his son is drafted and he's been very vocal his whole career saying he wants to play with his son. We could see like a, a very iconic moment in, in sports history of, you know, maybe him teaming up with his son at some point. And like, I just think the eyes on that, that moment are, are, are second to none. That's going to be a huge moment in sports. I mean, that's like Brady and his son playing together. Like when has that ever happened? You know what I mean? So I don't know. Again, not a huge LeBron guy, but you know, um, you gotta under you gotta understand greatness when you see it, and you know, you know, if this uh, there's a time to invest in a card and potentially make money. I just I took a chance, and you know, we'll see how it works out. I so think. Going, that, oh, oh, God, Dom's got Dom's. Yeah, go go go. I, I was gonna say like uh, I think this is a good time because it's like about LeBron, like a prospect that ended up working out. Uh, I wanted to bring up Victor Wembayama and his and the Bowman U product. Uh, um, first off, I think the, and them having him sign like a green uh, and making at a 99 and making it a 101 and like making it this chase that's above and beyond the Super Fractor 101 was genius. Like A1 marketing, like why Fanatics should have the license. And even if they don't come up with any like incredible card innovations, like just them doing that, is better than anything that Panini's ever done, like almost. So like, I think that they're really on the right track with some of that, but Dimes, I wanted to get your take on the Wembeyama, like first card, one of one. What do you think that sells for? It, I mean, I guess great kind of matter. Let's say it gets a BGS 9.5. I guess that's fair between, it's, you know, stuck it between a PSA 9 and a PSA 10. Does it break six figure? No. I think 50 grand. That's my take. Yeah, right off the I bat. think that's pretty fair. I think 50 grand is pretty fair. Not I think that it's I would like, pay they, that. I mean. the, the full Wembeyama nut jobs can't come out just yet, right, for this card. Like, I feel like they're going to wait to blow their full load until, like, <laughs> an actual product comes out. But maybe they will just go they nutty, will. go full Mac Jones, and this thing will run up to six figures. Um. I know you you don't you don't really Dimes has been kind of DMing me like uh, pictures of, or videos of Wembeyama getting <laughs> dominated. So he's not a he's not a collector. You're not you're not planning on uh, tanking for Wemby, huh, Dimes? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Speaking about his price when it first comes out and the collectors coming out early, I remember in 2019 Prism Draft Picks came out. It was the first year that Panini made Prism Draft Picks basketball, and the prices of the low numbered Zion stuff, that's not worth nearly as much now, but it would be like the horizontal, like, and I remember it was also for contenders draft picks. I remember like a contenders draft picks auto out of five doing an insane amount. And this is really, this is before COVID. So cards are starting to heat up, but like, this is before the true boom. Like this is when Prism pro uniform hobby boxes were like 170 bucks. So like seeing the numbers that some of those Zion collegiate stuff, it was like, whoa. And then like even his pro uniform stuff didn't go as crazy. Like the prices initially were insane. I remember seeing that and being like, 
well, people are really starting to like catch interest in cards. Like, but I do think. Is there major news? Check your right. phones. I, I just wanted to send you guys something. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, let's just talk about that now. Fanatics, yeah. like speaking of Fanatics, uh, they bought points bet for $150 million. Nick, what do, you, what do you think, like, why did they do that? What do you think the play is there to do that? So this is something that I've been kind of bullish on the last, like, year and a half to two years. I just think, like, cards are becoming an alternate investment for, for sports gambling. Right. Like instead of, all right, if I want to bet the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, instead of betting that on a website, why don't I just buy a Jalen Hurts card? Right. And, you know, that's an investment and I could sell it in the peak, you know, before the playoffs or something. So I think that's big news because fanatics, I mean, we, you know, we've all seen what they've been doing in the sports card world. I think them teaming up with points bet is a big deal because maybe, I don't know if you guys, you know, look into it at all, but a lot of these gambling sites offer promotions, right? You know, they'll be like, hey, bet $20 and get a risk-free bet up to blah, 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 right? What if they somehow correlated, hey, bet $20 and get like a free pack of Panini Prism back if you lose? Like that would be such a cool thing to introduce to the card world and like get even more sports gamblers converted over to sports cards. Do you guys think like, that could be a possibility a hundred percent it's a it, it the i think those worlds are um merging like i mean think about all the like kind of scammy businesses that are around like sports cards or uh sorry sports betting over the years even before legalization like you know you'd have the guy that was calling you trying to give you the four picks and you know you call you leave you a message and da 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 and try to sell you a package all this stuff right like people have been under the misconception that they've been investing in sports for years. And like, I really do think as the hobby has matured, like in modern and modern times and modern prices, like it's becoming like an actual market for people to invest in sports. I, I'm totally with you. Like, I, I, I think that this is just their play on, like they bought uh points bet is the same thing as their play on the hobby. Like, they think people love sports, they love fandom, and they love betting, and they love risking it, and they love the idea of, you know, like being a, a regular guy and hitting that big hit, and it's like a lottery ticket thing, it's like a, a sports parlay thing, or it's a super refractor in a blaster in Walmart, it really isn't that different, um, but I'm with you on the common sense sports car, or a sports fan, the fantasy fan, getting into this in the next 10 years. Like I, I like, you know, I am full on, like if I could find a way to bet on that on um, bet on the hobby in that way, like I am kind of just buying cards in that way, but I mean, like I find a way to like when fanatics goes public, like that'd be incredible to, to, to be able to purchase them. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm with you. I just, I feel like that's going to be the evolution and uh, tons of the people that you're already in, group chats with and fantasy leagues i really believe they will own psa 10s here coming soon like that i i think we're going up in that way agree i i hope that one thing that can happen is it becomes more clear on which cards can be like you mentioned psa 10s like i think part of the reason that the boom did happen is because it was a lot of that reason during the bubble people were watching basketball they wanted to bet on these guys through cards 
it was very simple. You either buy the base 10, the silver 10, the color, the blue nine, it was all pretty, you know, it seems like there's no centralized product to invest in. It's much more spread out now. And it seems a lot more into beating comps than buying the right guy. Like, I think that the issue is the hobbies. How do you think now. that's going to like, what do you, do you think the fanatics changes any of that though? I don't see how they do unless they just, I mean, I hate to say it, but cut down products. Even if you have to print more of the mainstream products, cut down products. I disagree because look at baseball in a silo and like, look at, like everyone knows what to invest in for baseball. Right? I agree. Baseball is different. I'm talking basketball. Well, football. I'm just saying, but, but baseball has been owned by tops, right? And the fanatics is tops, right? So like right. when they roll out, like they're going to have tops and tops chrome and like, the Topps Chrome autograph is going to be huge. And like, um, I guess you're right on high end. Like, I have no idea what they're going to do. But I think, I feel like Topps has done a good a job of that. So maybe they will in the future, I guess is my simple answer. I don't know. When I think about like basketball and football, it's just like when someone asks you, it's a tough question. Like somebody comes to you and they're like, let's say pick a random guy. I, uh, hey, I really like Joe Burrow. I want to get into cards. What should I buy? It's like, you know, I guess you could say contenders auto, but there's so many different, you know, so many different ones. And don't forget, he's the year in which a bunch of them were trimmed and a bunch of, <laughs> you know, it's like, you got to keep that stuff like in mind, you know, for long-term investments. People don't forget that stuff. And it, it is tough though. Like, what would you, you know, do you tell them the NT at a 99? Oh, there's other NT, there's the NT at a numbered out of this. And it's, it's tough. There's, it, it's tough to pick to know you're picking the right card or how will someone else know to pick the right card? Like they might be overwhelmed by all the different options. They are, they are overwhelmed by it. I mean, I've, people say that all the time. Um, you're right. You're totally right. I kind of like that. There's a lot of nuance to the hobby because that's how you can win with research and learning. So like, I don't know, like to me, that's really cool to like, when I'm trying to buy a Joe Burrow, I don't want to just pay like, all right, if I look up Joe Burrow, it's like, here's the rookie card widget of Joe Burrow. And it's a dollar 80 every time. Like the fact that there's nuance in the, in the comps and, and, and in the values is like kind of the game to me. So I, I kind of like that cards as an asset are something to be learned and understood before you can really nail it. But I think you're right that it's like, it's a barrier to entry for new people. Like, and tops has probably got to do a better job of like, of education on that front of like, what's an investment card or what's not. I do think in baseball, if they can model baseball, it would work. Cause one thing they do like baseball, like big league baseball versus like uh tops inception or something like, you know, like one is kind of for the adults and one is for like a kid ripping for fun. Yeah, I mean, and they did. I know. I think didn't they get rid of opening day? Did I that's hear right, that correctly? Yeah. In favor. That's of interesting. Really, that's in. I, I remember years ago ripping an opening day box and thinking it was like the sickest thing just because it had like thirty six packs. But that's just a random. I mean, it, I, I think that there is definitely though a great link between gambling and and sport and fantasy and cards. I, I mean, it's just the factor of you don't lose the bet forever like if somebody really thought the eagles were going to win the super bowl and they bought a really nice jalen hurts card and then the eagles lost they still have that jalen hurts card which could be worth more in august 
And if, you know, if they placed a bet, let's say they put 5,000 on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, that would all be gone. Or if they really like the Eagles, they just hold it. And then if the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year, it's worth even more. You know, like it's just I think that's the great factor of it is you don't you're never totally a loser until the player just becomes like an absolute bum. Yeah. No, yeah, that that's that's why I when I saw that Fanatics news buying points bet, it was it was it was like a green light for me because if you can somehow correlate both of them, which now there's a very real possibility of Fanatics owning points bet, it opens the doors for a lot of opportunity for collectors, betters, and pretty much having those two assets to co-mingle with each other. So. Yeah. What, uh, what, if like, uh, what if they did like this is like my idea of like merging the the hobby and, and betting like you know like they have an opening day game or something and say it's like the Chiefs Lions and like if you bet a hundred dollars like you get this like no matter win or loss you get this like Patrick Mahomes like card or like I feel like they could do tons of shit with it and uh combine betting with print on demand and or something like that combine betting and cards I think is a great uh, a great thing yeah it, that would be so cool like they could be so creative to grow this and like that accusation was big and like it, you're you're totally right the the endless possibility of promotions and things like that is like is i just think it's going to grow the hobby like substantially that was a big accusation <laughs> Z- zition accusation is that, that what i see and that there are a lot of big accusations these days. That was an accusation, but yeah, that, that's. <laughs> but, Thanks, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> no, for, I don't know why I just felt to be that. That was just fun. But uh, <laughs> one thing. So speaking of too many products, did either of you know that Optic Basketball came out? Because it kind of, I feel like it just like snuck out. Like I just saw singles popping up on eBay. I was like, whoa. Optic basketball's out. It, it really did come out with like no fan bad class, man. This class is just, you know, it's just not, it just doesn't have that true. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I can't even what cards are these? Is this Cade? This Cunningham is Chet or- Holt. No, this is Chet. Okay. And, uh, well, Prism and an Optic came out really close to each other for them. Really that's interesting. Close. Um maybe that's why. Usually like they, they bleed those out a little bit where you're clamoring for another big product of that same guy. Um, but yeah, Chet and Paulo class has been kind of, people don't really care. Uh, you're, you're seeing that prism box sell for 600 bucks. I mean, that's, it was double, it was double the year before. So I, I think that the, uh, yeah, the, the, the die I saw, I saw the Nat Turner's graph too on like basketball card subs are just way down um just in the last whole year whole calendar year just absolutely tanking compared to baseball Mm. um and football i think uh i think there's just something to it just kind of like even the 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 1920 class the 2021 and then so on they've all kind of been truly disappointing and no one's really emerged as a winner yet no one has won so um i think as they win in the future that'll change but yeah their classes are kind of depleted we need, we need uh, Dimes' guy, Victor Wemby, to be the messiah oh, for the yeah. hobby. <laughs> he, he has a good chance to become maybe better, but maybe just as good as Porzingis. I mean, 
<laughs> maybe he could be, maybe he's a little taller. Maybe he shoots a little bit better, but he has a chance to be in that range in terms of player. And I am excited to watch it. Now, I, I honestly hope he ends up being a stud because that would, that would help cards a lot. Speaking of guys' cards going up a lot, this one might sting a little bit. He was unbelievable. 50 points in a game seven. Uh, Tatum stuff is up big time. There might be some guys who are not up big time after the game, like, I don't know, James Harden. So what did you, I mean, is this, is this tough to talk about or? We didn't bring it up the whole time, which I think is crazy. Uh, it is tough to talk about, man. I was watching that game. I turned it off in the, when they went down 20 in the third quarter. It's kind of just like really disappointing, like the effort. Like it wasn't, if, if, uh, if Harden and Embiid kind of went out there, showed a ton of heart, and we got we lost in the shootout at the end, I would have been like, man, Tatum's awesome. That shit happens. And I would have still defended everybody. But the way we went out was really disappointing. I'm not shocked that Tatum's cards are up because, man, that dude can play. Like, I mean, in game seven, to throw up 50 like that, you saw how many – that just doesn't happen. Like, there's a reason why people don't score 50 in game sevens. It's because the other team – is usually so locked in that that doesn't happen. So like for him to do that, for him to show up like that, uh, his cards are deservingly up and they're the best team remaining by far. I, I think, uh, I, I really think that I'm not shocked that they're up because I think they have a great chance to win the title. Yeah, I think if I had to guess, I mean, I think they're going to end up winning it all. I mean, he was unbelievable something that really stood out to me it sounded like Embiid after was saying that him and Harden don't have enough help what is wrong with him the two of them were horrible I mean I'm sorry but I know Tobias didn't have the biggest hit but like you got Tobias you got Tyrese Maxey like they're not alone on this team I I know I don't want them to try to start painting that narrative like they're it's like they're totally alone like you got like there's some other dudes who can play. Like, I'm, it's not a loaded team, but for him to say that and throw his teammates under the bus, like, that's being a horrible teammate 101 right there. He's blaming other people. There's always an excuse. It's an injury. It's his teammates. It's always something else in the second round. It always happens at the same time. It's the second round, and there's always an excuse. This is like, how many years in a row is that the exact same story now? So what now that we're going to we're going to go into full Sixers talk now, what do you what do we do about it? Because you can't do much like it's kind of like we already fired Doc today. So that's the first good step because you got to just do something different. I mean, what do you I mean, we got it. You have to change something. So you get rid of Doc. Great. I mean, like, what do you do I, to me? Like the salary cap situation, you can't get rid of Harden and really replace him. Probably don't do much. No one's going to do a sign and trade. And if you let him walk, you can't replace his money because of how the contracts work. So, like, I don't see a scenario a scenario where we build a contender without Harden at this point. So, I think you bring back Harden, you look at Tobias trade options, and just retool the roster with a whole bunch of different people, and just hope that that and Maxi takes a huge step next year, and we run it back. I mean, that's all I can come up with as like what they do. There's people talking about trading a certain player. Do you think that that that's? I mean, are you I people? Think, no, I've heard. I've seen that the trade Embiid stuff. Yeah, go ahead, dive into the scenario in which we trade Embiid. I I no, I'm honestly not totally for. I'm just thinking you're 
my thing is you're probably not going to get a bunch of assets for a center who's had that injury history. You know, he's not a young player anymore. I, I don't think the assets – like, what team is going to throw you – some future superstars. What about the Grizzlies? What about like, what if we get Jaron Jackson and, you know, Bane for NBA? No, oh, it would have to be more than that. I think the package from them would have to be a lot bigger than that. Bane and Jaron Jackson, I think they would have to give up a lot more. I, I, to me, that's a bit, you're trading the MVP for, for those two. I think you would need more. I, I'm just MVP, trying to see, I'm trying to gauge how far down on Embiid you are. Yeah, I think they would if – if he's going to Memphis, I think that would be a situation like they're just done with Ja and Philly's willing to take a chance or something like that. Like he's – he is the MVP. I, I don't know. It's Dude, just imagine like, pairing Ja with Maxi though. Like our team would be lit. We would be, that would be flying up and down the floor. Yeah, that but would be awesome. Maxi's so quick. The, the thing is like – the thing that's unfortunate is like when we – Traded for Harden. I'm not saying it was the the wrong move, but the unfortunate part of it is we could have had. There was a rumor that you know we were offered Buddy Heald and 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 Halliburton, right? Yeah. So if you if you do that move, your your window to win is like this. It's 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 wider. There are younger players. I mean, Buddy Heald's like what, like 23 or 24. And, how, uh, and no, no, Halliburton's like 23 or 24. I think Heald's like 29 or 30. You make that move. Yeah, obviously those two aren't at the level of Harden, but at least you have younger assets. Now, you know, we didn't do that move. Now we have Harden. And how old is he? 32, 33 maybe? And there's a potential he might opt out. So like our our window to win is like this. It's so narrow. It's like, now what do you do? Like, do you run the team back? We just saw what they did in game seven. Like, it's just unfortunate. And, like, I think at this point you got to move on from Daryl Morey personally. Like, I just don't think that was the best move at the time. And there's already rumors that he wants to bring in the the Rockets coach. Who's the guy? Who's the Rockets coach? That, uh, D'Antoni. Like, why would you bring him in? Like, the guy – I don't understand that. Like, what are we, the Rockets 2.0? Like, that didn't work in Houston. They never won. I don't know why. Yeah, he keeps trying to recreate Houston, but they never won. Like, what are we recreating? Exactly. And the most un, the most like, the saddest part about this is we did the whole process thing because we couldn't make it out of the first second round, (laughs) and we are stuck exactly back at that point. We just went full circle, and it took us ten years to do it. Remember I think the, the Andre Iguodala team that right before the process started, it was Giroux, Andre Iguodala, and they went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and went toe-to-toe with LeBron, I believe, and they lost. LeBron or the Celtics? I can't remember. Celtics uh, in the second oh, the round. They lost in game seven in the second oh, round. Oh, right, right. The and then It was the second round or the Eastern Conference Finals? I'm, it was I'm, the second I'm, round. All right. I like the Eastern Conference Finals for the point of my story, but <laughs> anyway – but remember that team, like, they were just so, like, we loved them. You know, like, I just feel like, I don't know. You do, at the end of the day, like, the process may have been in it. I, I liked it because I actually thought we, like, we just got so many good assets and we we unfortunately fumbled them away. But at the time, I was pretty much a fan of it. But looking back, it probably was the wrong move. And 
it's like almost like sports karma kind of is coming back to bite the Sixers for like intentionally throwing away four years. Um, seemingly, we can't get it done. I think the only way we get it done, it's like it's got to be Maxi. Like Maxi is he can be the Lord and Savior of the Sixers. I really believe so. I think he has the personality where the dude is. I mean, Doc Rivers said it himself he's the happiest dude he's ever met. Like that guy can win. Um, I don't know if it's with Embiid though. I don't know if that if if the team as constructed actually can do it. I thought this was the year that I think they had a golden opportunity uh, in Game Six and then to face the Heat and then to face the Lakers or the Nuggets. This would have been a great year for them to do it. Um, it's not going to be as easy as it was this year going forward. Did you guys know that after that Game Six win, we we're a plus two twenty favorite? To win the NBA championship. Oh, I saw I did see that. Yeah. People thought That's, if we won the game, yeah. we were going all the way. We were going to win the Heat and then we were going to beat whoever the Nuggets or I mean, because Sixers own the Nuggets. Even yeah. though I mean, yeah, they, I mean, every time they play them, they own them. It's just unfortunate, man. It is. And it's unfortunate times, like you said, when Embiid had to say we need help. Harden and Embiid put up 24 points in game seven together combined that's you how are you going to sit there and say we need help around us when your two top stars put up 24 points in game seven these guys aren't going to be the championship core you're in beat and harden are not they're just they just always shrink in the big moment they're guys who rely on refs a lot for fouls they're guys who break that you know get tired and banged up throughout the season easily they're just not championship core players now, maybe in the future, Maxi and some other pieces could be, but I don't know. I, I couldn't see him beat and Harden. Like, I, I, I couldn't see it. I, I don't think they're going to blow it's it up. Fair and to I don't, say. It's fair to say at this point. I mean, yeah, can't blame you there. And I don't think the process itself was a bad move. I think that they picked the wrong guys. Getting all those high draft picks could have worked out. They picked the wrong guys almost every year other than Embiid. I mean, it was just a weird scenario with a lot of those guys, like Fultz and Simmons. Like, what the hell? How did both of them end up turning out the way they did? And then, like, Okafor, the can't miss, ended up being a massive miss. And then Nerlens, the guy, if he stayed healthy, he couldn't miss. And at times, he stayed healthy and still missed. And it was Don't like— Don't forget Zaire Smith, uh, Mr. Poppy Seed himself. Zaire oh. Smith. The good move was trading MCW. That's where it was a huge <laughs> W. Getting the first round pick for him after he won rookie of the year. I mean, that was a great, that was one of the good moves of the process, but it was like, they just picked the wrong guys. So, like, I think the whole rebuilding tanking thing does work in basketball because you have to get like a super superstar with a high pick, but they just picked the wrong guys so many times. And like, there's something to be said about this. I'm going to read this off. Give me, give me two seconds. Right. This is going back to 2019, all right? It's going back to 2019, all right? This is this is pretty interesting stuff. Game four against Toronto in 2019 and beat second half stat, one for three for five points. Game seven against Toronto in 2019. In the fourth hmm. quarter, two for four for seven points. Hmm. Game four in Atlanta in 2020, 2021. He went 0 for 12 in the hmm. second half, okay? Game five in Atlanta, right? 2021, same series. Fourth quarter, he went one for five for six points. 
Game six, Miami, 2022. He went two for 10 in the fourth quarter with six points. Game four of this series with Boston, 2023, in the fourth quarter, he went one for six for two points. Now, I haven't done the game six and seven of, you know, the, the two losing games, but I'd be sure to bet that they were both bad second halves as we saw. That's okay. something to be said. Those are all second half stats of the last, what, four to five years of Embiid's stats. When the game is on the line, he has not delivered. And again, unbelievable player. That just has to be pointed out. You have yeah. to face the facts and the statistics at some point. I wonder if it's just like, I wonder if it's more about his position and size and less about him as like a person not being clutch or something. Like, could it just be that the Sixers like are fundamentally flawed in today's NBA by forcing a final shot into a center? And then he has to like, either kind of force up a hook shot when everyone knows that's what he's doing or hit like a, fo- a, f- a fall away kind of thing rather than like be a perimeter guy and be able to create his own shot. Like maybe it's as simple as that. Like your best player just can't be a center, you know, like, I mean, we'll I see if maybe the nuggets can do it, but I don't know. I think you're, I think you're totally right. I think that's so valid. Like the percentage to get a ball in a center's hand in the fourth quarter and drain a shot is less than, I mean, we saw Tatum in game six. He played like dog shit for three quarters. He put up 16 points in the blink of an eye and one and one forced the game seven. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, look at game one. Look how hard and, and look how hard and Maxi went off in game one of that series. They got in a rhythm and they shot their lights out in game one. I don't know. I think you got a really valid point there. Yeah. I think that's a great place to uh, wrap up uh, this week's episode. Um, Thanks for coming on, uh, Nick SP Cards. Uh, Appreciate you, as always. Dimes, you have any last remarks? Uh, If you see us this Sunday at the Fishtown Show, say what's up. Looking forward to that. See you later. See you you next time. Thanks for having me, boys.